You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning to you. Welcome in. It is The Dan Patrick Show. I am Doug Gottlieb. He is J-Mac, Jason McIntyre. And you hopefully are enjoying a day off. It's President's Day and um, the day after the NBA All-Star Game. I think it's the day after the Olympics. I was told they started and ended. Can't tell you much else about it. We have a cornucopia, a plethora, a um, a potpourri of amazing sports topics. Uh, a week and a day removed from the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Jason, how are you? I'm excellent, man. Uh, an incredible weekend was had. I know there was no football, Doug, which made me sad, but get to do a lot of family stuff. Got to do a lot of sports myself. Uh, and of course, Steph Curry, you know, won the weekend, which is nice. He's, you know, one of my favorite players in the history of sports since I've what, been alive. He won what weekend? Why? Well, he won the weekend with what he did in the All Star game, hitting sixteen threes, a little fifty burger. Um, I, Doug, there's it, it, listen. I know you. We're going to get to a, a major topic that you're hot on, but when you watch Curry, there's really nothing like him in sports. He like it's electric to watch quarterbacks, pitchers throwing no hitters. Um, but what Curry is doing with these threes and turning around with the ball in the middle of the air on a 35-foot shot, like, you just don't see that. It puts an excitement level to what he's doing. Like, the, I, I'm not into All-Star. Jason! I've never seen Jason, the Pro Bowl. Jason! But Steph Jason, Curry just J- saved the weekend. Jason. Yes, Doug? Stop it. Please. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like... Stop. Like it, you it, asked me how my weekend was, bro. <laughs> Steph it's Curry the worst. Won it. It, like first of all, like if the if your thought of the weekend is Steph Curry, then I'm 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 strugg- I'm struggling. Secondly, uh, you're, why are you struggling? The head coach of Michigan, yes, I know, I'm aware, took a swing on national TV yeah. at an assistant coach of Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay, and people's takeaway is wait for it. We shouldn't shake hands at the end of games. Well, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, Doug, Doug, Doug. I need a 20-second timeout three three minutes into the show. What do you mean people's takeaway? Who are these people that you speak of? There's a, there's a tremendous amount of discussion in the media, okay, in the media, reputable people that we don't need to have handshake. Okay, again, I need to begin. read these columns and see these because these aren't, I think this is like, it feels I, straw manish to say no handshake lines. That is an idiotic, moronic statement that I, I just refuse to believe that's true. Give me the name of someone I can go read that right now because I've not uh, seen that. That Seth, is an insane Seth Greenberg, take. I believe Dick Vitale is there. Mark Price. Wait, Seth Greenberg. Oh, this comes full circle on Steph Curry. Yes. Mark Price? Yes. He said Mark, no Mark handshake Price. lines? Yes. Can we get him on the phone, Jay Stu? Uh, can we interview Mark Price this morning? Y- yes. Um, I don't want to talk to Seth Greenberg. He hates me, by the way. Um, a- anyway, can, let's 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 talk about what I th- no handshake I, I, lines. What what I what I think is, without any question, the biggest discussion point in sports because there's a there's there's layers to it. Okay, it's not just you have incredible institutions and the second highest paid faculty member at those institutions in Wisconsin and Michigan. It's on CBS. It's on national TV. Uh, it's at the end of a game. You have Juwan Howard, who's a who's a man of quality repute, right? Like people like Juwan Howard, not just he was like he's the guy of the Fab Five that feels like he always had his stuff more together. Like he was always feels like he was more mature than anybody else. That's why he his you know he's been elevated to being the head coach, and he's so respected. But like 
you have that. You do have the fact that he is black. The assistant he took a swing at is white. You had a fight that ensued after. It wasn't, he wasn't part of a melee. Like he basically started the melee. And then thankfully you had it in Wisconsin where you have Wisconsin fans going, oh, geez, oh, Pete, there's a fight down there, right? If it happens in some other arena, God forbid some fan gets involved or there's there's fans close, you know, something gets thrown onto the court and it gets even worse. Like on national TV, the head coach of Michigan took a swing who was a former player, okay, took a swing at an assistant coach of Wisconsin who's a former player. Like, that actually just happened. I'm still dumbfounded that it actually happened. All right, so let me kind of walk you through things. Wisconsin put a whooping on Michigan. Okay, they're up Everybody's 20. doing that this year, right? Michigan stinks. Uh, I don't think they're... I don't think they're very good. It's been a disappointing season for Jawan Howard. I think that adds a layer to it. His frustrations have been boiling over for weeks. No but question. this is a guy who runs hot. You remember the Big Ten tournament last year with Turgeon? Howard, yeah. uh, Howard yes. and Turgeon had him had a moment. Yeah. Yes, and he he had a he had a moment not with with an official early in the week when they when they beat Iowa in the first half. Um, there's 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 been some moments there, um, but I you know and and I think. I, I, I don't think that it's the disappointing season, which may or may not end up, I think, less likely, obviously, now in the NCAA tournament. But it is a, a disappointing year. But they're down 20. Um, they're pressing. And at the end of the game, Greg Gard empties the bench. And, you know, when you put in walk-ons, they're not used to facing a team that's pressing them. There's six seconds run off the shot clock when, Mich- when Wisconsin's trying to get the ball into the front court. Okay, there's a rule in college basketball that if the offense calls a timeout, it resets the 10-second count. You know, you get 10 seconds to get the ball across half court, right? So, Wisconsin calls timeout. That that ticks off Juwan Howard, right? The game is essentially over, and you why do you call a timeout with 20 seconds left to go in the game? You, you know, and the you play to be- win the game. That's why. Okay, <laughs> so so they're going to handshake lines and. Keep in mind, normally, okay, normally here's how it works. Okay, the head coach leads the handshake lines. Everybody gets behind the head coach. Normally, there the first thing that happens, the buzzer sounds. The head coach is at midcourt, shakes the hand of the other head coach. If there's going to be a blow by, you know, the old short handshake, the old fu. Okay, it's still the head coach is usually first. In this particular case. That wasn't what was happening. The players were shaking hands, and he was, you know, a yard or so inside, and Greg Gard came up and tries it. It felt like he was trying to cool it down, explain his timeout. Here's what Greg Gard said happened in the handshake line. All right, we'll get that for you. We'll get that for you in a second. So basically, Greg, Greg Gard said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to explain why we did the timeout, and Juwan Howard wasn't having it, and Juwan Howard yeah, said... I was walking through it. Um, you know, I know he didn't come through right away. He came in later after some of the players and was going down the line with everybody, and they were all fine. And he came up to me and pulled his max, max down and said, I'll remember that, and he started pointing it at me and tapped me in the chest. And I said, hold on. Let me explain to you why I took the timeout. Maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the 10 seconds reset. I wasn't going to put my players in that type of situation to have to break a 
press in four seconds, coming stiff and cold off the bench. I wouldn't do that for a regular group. I can take a timeout. That's um, it gives my players the best chance to have success. So that's where it started. That he said, "I'll remember that. I'll remember that." And I said, "Hey, let me tell you why I did what I did." And he didn't want any part of it and um, kept moving on. Okay, so here's Juwan Howard's perspective. Well, wait, guard le- left off that he put his hands on Howard in the line, right? Right. Here's Juwan Howard. That's kind of a big deal. Hold on. Here's Juwan Howard. You know, I addressed with uh, the head coach that I will remember that <laughs> because of that timeout and uh, f- for someone to touch me. And I think that was un- very uncalled for for him to touch me as we were verbalizing and communicating with one another. So um, that's what ended up happening. And that's what escalated it. Touching, touching me unnecessary wasn't, wasn't cause for that when we were talking. And at, at, at that point, you know, I thought that was, you know, time to protect myself. Oh, God. Like, it's, it's just, honestly, the whole touching thing, I, I, I understand on a level, Juwan Howard's six foot ten. I had to protect myself. Like, dude, stop it. It's imba- this whole thing is embarrassing. First of all, neither of them said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed for what happened and I apologize. Not once, okay? Neither of them. Second of all, like we act like Greg Gard goes up and he's going to do something and his, him, him trying to explain somehow puts the defensive on Juwan Howard. Like, would we just stop? Okay, Here, here's the problem, Jason. Here's the problem. Juwan Howard is the head coach of Michigan. And I don't know if if enough people understand, like Michigan is, they view themselves as better than everybody else. And I think they're viewed as one of the pristine universities in all of America, right? Michigan and Wisconsin think of themselves as, hey, we're like Ivy League schools, only we like to party and we got great sports. That's how they think of themselves, okay? So he, he's he's acting like he's a player, Okay, the whole you put he put his hands on me, and if you first of all when you're head coach it's different. Second of all, okay, if you're the head coach you're supposed to lead the handshake lines, and oh yeah by the way, if you are going to view it as a player, there's one rule in basketball that everyone knows when 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 things get tense. What is that? What is that rule, Jason? Um, you know, adults in the room have to kind of settle down. And you never just, throw a punch. That's well, the rule. I, no one, no okay. one throws a punch. No one throws a slap. You do not. Every, everyone knows it. He played in the NBA for over a decade. He knows it. Okay. And, and like, again, I, I understand that a grown man, you're like, yo, man, we put your hands on me. You're, 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 you're heated. But like his, his temper is embarrassing. The whole thing is, is embarrassing. Now here's, what do you think should happen well i I need to back up it's it's tougher than what do you think should happen so doug here's my thing is there precedent for a moment like this in sports where a coach now throws i I don't i mean i think fight is strong i would go with skirmish because i don't think like anybody got dropped i think there was like hands flying but it was no there were punches thrown after there was definitely a juan howard punch thrown um juan it was it was a it's a slap but whatever you you if you go into a swinging motion yeah that's not a good look it shows poor sportsmanship but is poor there precedent? Extremely <laughs> poor. Extremely poor. So is there precedent for a punch thrown? 
Uh, I mean, the only thing is Woody Hayes punching a kid, but it's that's Hayes punching an actual player, right? So like, not the same. Clemson. Okay, no, I've, so I've, I've going... never, I've never seen this before. Okay. I, I know coaches have squared off and gotten into it back in the olden days, but never on national TV, never in the handshake line. See, and and that makes it difficult for metting out a punishment here. So, and I know people are not going to like to hear this in the off season. The head coach of one of the best programs in America, Mark Few, got popped. For driving under the influence. He got a one-game suspension. I know that's an individual thing. It does not involve poor sportsmanship. It was not captured on national television. From my point of view, a DUI is significantly worse than throwing a punch at another coach. Significantly worse. Not even close. Now, it's tough to compare those two, but it is a suspension. Not, dude, you're comparing something. You're, Apples you're comparing, to um, onions. How's that? It's yeah, not. So, it's, but so it's a suspension. You're talking. What's a suspension? What's a punishment? Well, this is what the punishment was for Mark Few. Do we have other examples of coaches being punished? Because right now, I see five games left for Michigan. I think you suspend Howard for the rest of the regular season and probably the Big Ten tournament to avoid an incident with guard. Because if, if some some wise guy on social media, Doug, I don't know if you saw this, put together a clip of all the guard Howard handshakes. There's been, I believe, three or four. And every single time, it's been a little tense. It was either a quick, get the hell out of my face, one of those fast ones. So these two have an issue. I personally would suspend Howard for the rest of the regular season and the Big Ten tournament and let him coach the the March Madness if they make it. But that or, would or be... the NIT. Yeah. If, NIT, whatever. Um, are you saying suspend? Because personally, I'm saying, no, you do not fire Jawan Howard over this. I don't think that's even on the table. But we know that the president of Michigan was recently bounced for, um, shall we say, uh, an inappropriate relationship in the building. Uh, there is a lengthy email trail. That story is ugly. And I don't know if there's leadership right now at Michigan to say, we're firing this guy. Can the board get together and say, let's get him out. We're going to bring in X coach who we're going to overpay. Sure, you could easily do that. I personally don't see that happening. I don't think it's on the table. Do you? It's definitely on the table. I don't think you should be fired. Like, okay, we're, if we're gonna have, we're gonna have real talk here. Are we gonna do the we're gonna do the, the 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 media thing. Like, the real talk is what would have happened. Okay, Greg Gard's white. Howard Isley, who played at Boston College, played in the NBA as an assistant, at Michigan. Tables are turned. Greg Gard swings at Howard Isley. What happens today? Well, you just said, are we going to do the real talk thing? And then you came up with a, a, a fake scenario. No, the real talk is that if Greg Gard were to swing at Howard Isley, slap Howard Isley, Greg Gard would have been fired before he got into the locker room. Fine. What if this was a female assistant coach who swung at an, an opposing coach? Like, you could do this all day. I don't want to do that. I don't like making up a fake, hey, if I'm, the black-white tables you, were you, turned. Why? Because that's it, a real part of the discussion. But that hasn't happened. I, I understand it hasn't hasn't happened. But but I, I, I think Juwan, because of the quality of his reputation as a human being, okay, is is he gets a bit of a reprieve. I mean, the the real talk. Of course, he should be fired. Like, of course, he should be fired. It's embarrassing. What you did was it was embarrassing. Embarrassing, right? But Dude, fired. What, what, Yes, he basically he set off what could have been a really ugly brawl. Could have, would have, should have, Doug. Come on, it wasn't. It was an ugly they, moment. Were the, wait, were the kids fighting before he before he slapped Krabenhoff or after? A- after after okay, so, guard grabbed Howard and then Howard swung at him. Yes, and I'm not excusing he Howard's didn't behavior. Swing, he didn't swing at guard. He didn't swing at guard. Well, fine, swung at he whoever. Actually, swung at he, the entire Wisconsin team. It doesn't matter, okay, Doug. Okay. You know this. If if you go in to meet somebody and they put hands on you. 
I know you're. Nobody put hands gonna... on you. He's six foot ten. Guard, okay? gr- did guard not grab him by the shirt? Did the guard not grab him and say, "Wait, yes, you got to hear my side"? To... No. If somebody grabs to, you, he's trying to calm him down. I'm don't, not a, grab I'm a, not... Uh, don't grab a guy six foot oh, eight God, who's dude. significantly bigger than you. Just don't no, do on, that. On, honestly, somebody grabs you and they want to talk to you. You look him in the eye and you have a. You I have say, a what the hell discussion. are you doing putting your hands on me? No, you don't. You have a man to man civilized conversation. Yes. Doug, yes. when was the last time somebody put their hands on you? That's what I thought. It doesn't happen often because guess what? Stuff's going to escalate if no, that happens. I'm no, not. I'm not no, saying guard is no, at fault. No, I'm not no, doing no, no. that. Me, I'm speaking you, you asked in me a reality. Question, you asked me a question, and right. then you waited a, like half a second. Let me. You, you asked Here. me a question. Okay. When you have, first of all, the, people, a lot, coaches, for example, when they have discussions, oftentimes, right? Whether it's the coaches lobby at the Final Four, where you're running into a guy, a lot of times guys will make. There are physical contact guys, and look, there are people who they, they don't like the physical contact or whatever. But you put your hands on somebody, yeah, yo, yo, man, yo, hey, and and I know there are lots of people who don't like to be touched. I understand that, okay. But there's a difference in don't like to be touched and the, yo, man, like I'm I, I, like almost claiming self-defense here. Well, like, that, that is ridiculous. Yes. The whole the, thing the is ridiculous. OK, so again, here, here's here's the answer to, to your question. Do I think he should be fired? No, I think it's overreactive to be fired. I don't like I'm not. I, I don't like I it's a really ugly bad incident and it's a it's a black eye for everyone involved everyone has a little bit of fault in it right like like you know Joel Krabenhoff comes in and there's and like I, I think actually the players are generally least at fault okay because when the punches were thrown many of them I think they feel like they're defending their coach which is you know it when you go into these road environments you feel like it's us against the world and when you the coach is your example okay so I think the players should get the the, the ones that swung they're going to have to sit at least a game I think that's fair I don't think they should get more than that I think the the coaches should should sevi- see the most severe in in a in the real world yeah John Howard should be out of a job today, but just because of what he represents, he represents Michigan and he completely lost his cool. It's not the first time he's lost his cool. It's not, it's not the first time they've had a handshake line incident and this is on him. You're, you know, they, they say you're either coaching it or allowing it. In this case, you're representing it. Okay. But, but I, I don't think he should be fired. Okay. But I mean, I just can't imagine a worse scenario where the head coach of Michigan took a swing at another head coach. Well, I'll coach. tell you this, Doug. Another assistant coach. If, if Jawan Howard was, I don't know, 7-16 and 16 right now, given the expectations for this team and winning the Big Ten last year and going to the Elite Eight, uh, yeah, I think he'd probably be fired. And you'd have to admit, whether you would like to or not, can he coach, can he win, can he recruit? That stuff matters. And this that would be a huge loss for Michigan <sighs> uh, if you, you bounce Jawan Howard after three years for this. Huge loss. Yeah, I, 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 I just look. We, we'll get back. We'll circle back to this because there are many different layers to it. Um, and thankfully, there was no malice at the palace. Thankfully, like everybody walked away okay. I actually agree with generally your suspension. I think guard probably should get should 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 get a game. Um, but man, that was that 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 was something. Um, LeBron James. 
You're acting about Steph Curry shooting, making 16 threes is the story of the All-Star game. To me, it's LeBron James comments combined with the story about clutch sports. I want to get into that. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Doug Gottlieb and Jason McIntyre in for Dan and the Danettes here on the Dan Patrick Show. Mark Slater will join us in four minutes. I quickly want to get to this LeBron James and Clutch Sports story uh, where uh, multiple reports have Clutch Sports, the agency that Rich Paul uh, runs, of course, and his biggest client, his biggest advocate is his closest friend and ally and LeBron James, upset with Rob Palinka for not trading Russell Westbrook, a 2021 um First round pick for John Wall. Uh, <laughs> what was the last time John Wall played a basketball game? Uh, uh, At least two years ago. Seriously, he's been out that long. Uh, also, hey, great shout out on the bumper music there. Slop it a bass. You know that movie, right? Uh, I do not. Oh my god. Okay. I, I do not. Uh, he John Wall played last year oh, with he the Houston. Did? Yeah, played what? forty games last year with the Houston Rockets. Wow, I did not know. You sure about this? Positive. All right. Oops, my bad, folks. I thought he was out for the last two years. No, it was the year before. Remember he slipped in the shower after getting surgery? Yeah, he had the the heel Achilles and the infection as well. Yeah, oof, that was rough. Uh, Yes, yes. I got my COVID years mixed up. Apologies to John Wall and his family, who I'm sure are handling this okay. Um, Yeah, he, he didn't play the last, I think, like, I'm going to say like 11 games or something of the season last year. And uh, towards the end of the year, there was there was a lot of struggles. Um, but yeah, that Houston's paying him to not play. And he's a clutch client. Like, look, here's the problem with LeBron. Like we can we can all admit like he's a great player, okay? but he's a bad general manager, <laughs> a terrible general manager. And he he has zero accountability. Wait, they a minute. wanted timeout. How is he a bad general manager? Did he not put together half the team in Miami? Did he not put together uh, the moves that they needed to make in Cleveland to help them overtake the Warriors? Did he not get them Anthony no. Davis? He's a bad GM. Well, they overspent for Anthony Davis, and he destroyed. They got a chip. Okay, if that you're result oriented, that's fine. So, so what? What they built, I mean, like, look, what he had in Miami, Dwayne Wade was already there. Right. Right? And he didn't make the decisions in Miami. Pat oh. Riley made decisions in it, Pat so, Riley made decisions. So you don't think there was any talk with Bosch beforehand? No, at the Olympics, hey, CB, let's do this, let's go, Yeah, come but guys, on. you have to understand, guys do that all the time. Right. Guess what? The guys are doing it. I mean, I know we want to give Riley all the props for putting together Miami team. I think Riley gets props for not firing Spolstra. When LeBron said, "Yo, let's get this, guy, let's get this guy out of here," after what, like twenty games, they were eleven and ten or something, ten and nine, so yeah. something early. LeBron wanted him gone, and he didn't yes. get his way. Give Riley credit for that, but I don't know. LeBron's a good GM, bro. Mm, okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you it, with with this particular team that he put together. This is the most power and control that he's had. Okay. Um, you know, because look, we can be critical of, we can be critical of uh, Kevin Love, for example. But like, he Kevin Love was the guy he wanted, right? They trade away what what was Andrew Wiggins, who hadn't played a game yet in the NBA, for Kevin Love. But regardless, okay. Plus, his teams 
you know, he wants everybody to get paid. And the problem is that they get paid and then they get over the cap. And then he wonders, why didn't you go and get better people to put around me? You know, I mean, that's that, that's Kevin it, Love it, would tr- would it, Kevin Love won a championship. He would give up anything, any award that he's ever gotten to win another championship. That, no that's question. how championships works. No, right? no, no, no question. That's that's not you're you're kind of missing the, the point there. Regardless, okay, with this Lakers team, it's the the irony to the they're unhappy with the construct of the roster when LeBron and the Clutch guys put together this roster. Yeah, right. That's the old uh, th- that's the old uh, Rodney Dangerfield line. You know, uh, just the other night, uh, my wife told me to take out the garbage. I told her, you cooked it, you take it out, right? That's basically what the Lakers are saying. Like, you cooked it, you take it out. I, this, the, the, the roster is too old. They went from being the best defensive team to trying to get offensive players, and it's an abject disaster. I, I, you know, you got an untradeable asset, to, and they wanted to trade an untradeable asset for an equally untradeable asset in John Wall. It's laughably bad. Laughably desperate. Anyway, we'll get to what it means for him saying, I'll play my last year with, with Bronny James upcoming the show. Let's welcome in Mark Schlereth, stink three-time Super Bowl champion uh, with the Redskins and the Broncos and, of course, an analyst for Fox Sports covering the National Football League and a super talented radio host in his own right in Denver. He joins us, a Man 101 author, Mark Schlereth. Uh, stink, let, let, let's start with... The story out of Tampa that there was a a rift between that that got untenable between Brady and Arians. What do you think of that story? Well, I mean, you know, you've got to understand who Bruce Arians is. And I found it laughable last year when people were talking about, well, you know, Bruce Arians called uh, Tom Brady out in public, and uh, you know, this could cause problems. They went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, did it ever cause problems? Not really, because if you know Bruce Arians, there is no virgin meat on anybody's ass in that organization. It's all <laughs> going to get chewed. Um, that's the way he coaches. So, like, and and Tom Brady loves to be coached hard. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know about. I just look at those as as speculation. I look at those as I, I don't know that those are really true. Um, I, yeah, and, and the bottom line is. Hey man, it's a tough game, and it's and you know when things aren't going well, everybody's a little bit ticked off and upset about it. But do I think that Brady and, and uh, Arians had a rift that caused Brady to retire? No, I don't. I don't believe that. All right, Mark, let's talk about your Broncos real quick because I'm infatuated with the Aaron Rodgers storyline. You know they keep losing in the playoffs with Lafleur and Rodgers. But all anybody wants to say right now is, oh well, the Packers will just average, uh, you know, give him forty-five million a year or fifty mil and make him the highest paid for a year, and they'll run it back in Green Bay. And I wonder what's like if you're the Denver Broncos, what is your big pitch to Aaron Rodgers? Well, I mean, number one, he he's got Nathaniel Hackett, who he loves, um, you know, really enjoyed Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. They have a, a great relationship. So he brings, you know, he brings that to the Denver Broncos. So that would be something that, you know, for me, gives him life, gives him excitement, is a guy that not only challenges him, but, you know, makes it fun for Aaron. And, and I tell you what, this game is so – it's such an arduous, arduous season, you know, both mentally and physically, especially as you get older. And it's got to be fun. And if that's the guy that creates, you know, that kind of a enthusiasm, that kind of excitement – 
and that kind of learning and understanding, then that's enticing. The other thing, you know, for Aaron Rodgers is, do I really want to come back on a one-year deal or, you know, a a two-year deal where they know, you know, they're going to have voidable years and they're going to push things back to the final year? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that to me, the whole thing when all of a sudden it became a negotiation in public, that to me was greasing the skids for Aaron Rodgers' departure. Yep. That was very much like what the Dallas Cowboys did for two years with Dak Prescott when they kept giving him fake contracts and then announcing it to the media saying, wow, look how greedy this guy is. It's almost to create this animosity between the fan base and said player, knowing that said player is probably going to leave or or going to turn down your offer. So you get out in front of it. You make it look like, man, we can't live without you. And ultimately, you know he's going to leave. I have no idea. Because I would look at Green Bay if they can, you know, re-sign or they franchise Devontae Adams. But they can't franchise Devontae Adams because there's not enough room in the salary cap to do both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams yep. that way. So, something's, I mean, something's got to give. And uh, it, it just feels like he's going to leave. And I don't know that Denver's the, the destination. Heck, maybe it's Kyle Shanahan, the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. Mm. But it certainly feels like the Packers are greasing the skids for a departure of Aaron Rodgers. Why would they bring back his favorite quarterback coach then? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, unless Aaron Rodgers decided, hey, man, that's the guy I want. Right. And I've talked to, I talked to Aaron Rodgers for 45 minutes uh, a year ago doing a game, and he, he pointed out Tom Clements because I asked him, you know, I asked him about fronts versus coverages and, and, and how you tie those things together. And he said that Tom Clemens taught him really how certain fronts go with certain coverages, you know, so an t- uh, under front or a 25 front versus a 57 front, you know, the weeds here, but how they all pair with the coverage. And so oftentimes, watch Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers play, he'll never look at the DBs. Like, and he goes, it's one of the ways that I try to mess with DBs. I won't look at the DBs. I won't look at where their leverage is or if they're single high or double high safety because I know what it's going to end up being based upon the front that I see. And Tom Clemens actually taught him those things. So, yeah, I mean, is that, is that a desperate plea by Green Bay to say, look, we're, you know, we're bringing back your quarterback coach? I don't, again, I don't know. I mean, all we can all do is speculate and read the tea leaves. And, um, and you know, uh, we'll see what happens. But man, it makes it exciting. I, I mean, from your mouth to God's ears, I hope he comes to Denver. It, it's uh, interesting, Mark. <laughs> but, you, you mentioned Rodgers and San Francisco. Now I know you were just tossing it out there, but there is some sentiment out there that hey, maybe Trey Lance ain't ready yet. Maybe he needs two years. And could they rent a Rodgers or who knows, make a play for Tom Brady to come back to the Bay Area? Uh, what are you hearing out of San Francisco? Yeah, I'd, you know, again, those those for me are, are speculative. Uh, you know, I know that, hey, man, it was Trey Lance. You moved all the way up to number three, and, uh, you know, and he was going to be the heir apparent to Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he going to push Jimmy Garoppolo out and this competition and that, this, that, and the other? And I did a couple of San Francisco games early. And, and frankly, other than, you know, coming in and running some zone read type of uh, runs and play action, um, I know early in the season that Trey Lance just flat wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to assimilate that entire offense. And that offense is a lot. There's a ton of verbiage for the quarterback. There's a ton of checks. There's uh, 
You know, there's a ton of not only formations, but personnel groupings and, and adjustments and, you know, and, and shifts and fly motions and motions. And so there's a lot that you have to keep straight in the West Coast offense, especially when you run it like Kyle Shanahan runs it, where a lot of teams base out of three wide receivers. They base out of 11 personnel, so you're not really adjusting from a formational standpoint or at least from a personnel grouping standpoint. Where in San Francisco, you base out of two back, and then you rotate two tight ends, two backs, three wide receivers. You're bouncing in and out of personnel groupings all the time. And it changes the guy who is, you know, in charge of motion and, and all those things. So it just becomes it becomes a lot to think about. And uh, certainly Trey Lance wasn't ready to, to orchestrate that offense at full capacity. Um, uh, OK, so one of the things kind of lost in this discussion about Aaron Rodgers is that the Packers have him under contract for two more years. Right. So in order for him to leave. They have to trade him, right? right. They, they, they have to. They have to. They have to trade him. Why would the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers when they have him under contract? Well, they would trade him because they can't afford the contract that they have. So the only way that Aaron Rodgers plays in in Packerland is agrees to renegotiate the deal. Um, and this is how it's been explained to me. There's so much. There's so much. So much, so much of a cap hit on Aaron Rodgers that they can't afford to keep him as that contract is currently structured. That's why they renegotiated it last year, made it essentially a one-year deal, and then gave Aaron Rodgers the option based upon how that contract is structured, knowing they have to restructure it to get, you know, to, to create a salary cap. Like right now, if you try to franchise, and this is how it's been explained to me, but if you try to franchise Devonta Adams, and you kept Aaron on the roster or on the on the salary that he's at right now, you would have about almost fifty percent of your total cap value uh, tied up in two players. Ooh. You know, and then you got to find then you got to find fifty. You got to find a way to fit fifty other guys underneath that. It just is. It's untenable. You can't do it. So that's why he has the power to say, "No, I don't want to play here. You got to trade." Hypothetically, Mark. Uh, all right, we want two first round picks. And we want Bradley Chubb and Judy. Is that too much? For me, no. Hell no. It's not too much. <laughs> one, one, you you have to understand my my value system. All right. So uh, I I grew up in in Washington in the Redskins organization at the time. Obviously, now it's the Commandos or the Commanders or whatever <laughs> you know whatever they've decided to, to. It sounds like a USFL team to me, but whatever. Uh, so. In, in my time there under Joe Gibbs, Joe Gibbs always used to say, hey, man, I will trade an unknown commodity for a known commodity in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand that most of the guys that play, you know, most of, I mean, you look at the first-round picks, you know, how many of those guys are truly, like, truly become superstars, truly become franchise-type players? And I would, you know, I'd venture to guess it's uh, even at the quarterback position. I mean, 2018 was – you know, a lot of people compared the 2018 class to the quarterback class of 83. Really? Because would you take Baker Mayfield now? Would you take Josh Rosen? Would you take Sam Darnold now? You know, I mean, they still haven't they still haven't given uh, Lamar Jackson a, a big-time contract because you're worried about him and his health and the way they play, the style of offense they play. Really, one out of those five, well, two out of those five have really 
really panned out, obviously, in, in Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, who's been great. But, you know, my the long-term, you know, your long-term, I mean, the longevity, look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton, since 20, really, 17, 2018, he just, the first six games in 2018, that guy has been, you know, that guy has just been injury-riddled and has not been able to play. So the the shelf life of, of playing that style of offense um, does not, you know, it doesn't lend itself to longevity at that position. Um, if Aaron Rodgers is plan A in Denver, what's plan B? Uh, prayer, I think, is uh, <laughs> just bended knee and pray that, uh, pray that, you know, Drew Locke figures it out. I would, I, you know, I would, I would think that at some point, if Aaron Rodgers says, I'm going to stay in Green Bay, then you have to start thinking about, can we trade, you know, for Jimmy Garoppolo? Can we trade for uh, a Kirk Cousins? You know, you think about Kirk Cousins, and I know he's under contract in Minnesota, and I don't think he's going anywhere, but is there something that would entice you as a franchise uh, in Minnesota to let go of Kirk Cousins? But th- then you would start looking at that next uh, tier of quarterbacks. I think there's going to be a huge market for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, you start to look at, you know, all the different places that uh, that he fits, and I think there's a ton of those places. So I think there'll be a huge market for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that would be plan B where you would have to go. Awesome stuff. Stank, uh, waiting for the next Man 101 video on social media. In the meantime, you can turn in and listen to him in Denver, or you got to wait sometimes football season to hear the pure genius of Stink himself. Stink, hope you're well. Talk to you soon. Good stuff. All right, guys. Be good. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jason McIntyre, who... uh you see on Fox Sports 1, he's got his podcast. It's called Straight Fire. Fire! Doug Gottlieb, who uh, apparently I'm supposed to turn in, to turn down fill-in duties. I'm not really really sure. Uh, of Dan, who I've gotten a chance to fill in for in two different networks for the last, I don't know, uh, 15 years or, or so. Uh, welcome in. It is President's Day. Um, uh, is this... Wait, wait, what, 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 what is this? Jay Stu, is that you putting this here? Like, is this, do I, do I have to read this? Like, I know the President's Day is Lincoln and Washington put together, right? And now it's like a uniform holiday that started back in 71. President's Day is now popularly viewed as a day to celebrate all U.S. presidents past and present. Do we have to celebrate all of them? Really? All of them? Ooh, shots fired. Doug, favorite president of all time, go. Uh, oof. That's a good one. I would say, I would say Ronald Reagan or or uh, or Barack Obama. Those wow, feels very moderate. Favorite. I will go, I will lean toward Lincoln. Um, got the U.S. through the Civil War, helped lead to abolishing slavery. Good yeah. job out of Abe Lincoln. Yeah, I mean Lincoln's good. I I wasn't not really totally familiar with any of his work outside of obviously abolishing slavery is <laughs> kind of a big thing, and the Civil War was kind of a big thing. Barry uh, Obama, I, not a bad I, call I, either. I do. I I, he's I love a hooper. The, I do. I think he's a hooper. I just I I felt like the I I felt like he, he, like he's older than me, but there was a certain like generational 
relationship there where it was definitely it was just different than a different feel than any other president I, I, I felt like. And then and then Ronald Reagan in the 80s was the probably the most imitated. And obviously we it was a time of great growth and the 80s were 80s were fun. But I, I'm sure there's you can dig up dirt on all these guys. Lincoln's a good one. I just haven't like I'm not like I studied Lincoln outside of the the big thing, which was pretty historic. That's a that's a good one as well. Um, okay, uh, let, let's get to this story. Rich Ornberger works for us at Fox Sports Radio, and he had two stories that he does a weekend show here on Fox Sports Radio. And Rich played for the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. He had two stories over the weekend which he took to Twitter. One was that uh, Pat Mahomes has told his wife and his brother to shut it down in terms of social media. I think you forgot a word, Doug. Come on. Influencer brother. That's what his brother is or claiming to be, an influencer on TikTok. Continue. How many followers does he have? I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. Uh, I mean, I think he do- actually does have a big following. No, he's a, but- he's a, he's a reasonable, reasonably big deal in Kansas City, which I don't think is a hard thing to do, but no. So, so is that is that what you do? You do the the condescension on the way out, like I was come on. I think like, you fired off like seven condescending shots first hour. I get one off on Kansas City, and no, you're all I, worked up. The only the only thing I said was like, if you're gonna if you're gonna say Damian Lillard over John Stockton in a basketball, I, no, no, game, I said I would take him over on my team. Yeah, I would take Damian Lillard. Yeah, then let's just not let's just not talk about yeah, it. You let's, can have Stockton, just, and I'll destroy you. Yeah, let's just the, let's let's just yeah. not talk. about it. Let's 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 just not talk about. I have hoop with Doug before UCLA. He's good, obviously. Still, um, and 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 also, by the way, like you're taking a shot at an influencer, which you know I, I'm not I'm not a big uh, Mahomes Junior fan, but it is a real thing. And like, look, you how you made it big in this business is you know 15 years ago is. A, a dissimilar but similar in how influencers are making right like there you guys are you were a disruptor no, uh yeah not with social media with a with a website nobody reads really websites anymore but yes right with a website. right but 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 what was websites being dis- disruptors to mainstream media now i would say influencers are disruptors to traditional stars make, yeah it's very weird right i mean you know they they show they, you know I was at Rams 49ers uh NFC championship game and they start showing on on the big screen like who's there and the famous people and then all of a sudden you're like you see these people who are like I guess big on social media I've never heard of them yeah uh, I don't know who they are but, but apparently kid, they have a large kid, following no no kids my kids do have... not no my kids do not well, I they're... refuse to let them get involved in that crap uh no phones for my kids yet uh they watch very little of YouTube and yeah, they don't know. Like they're not on TikTok. I'm just we're trying to keep them away from that as much. as Jackson possible. Mahomes has one million followers on TikTok. Is it now that, that I assume that's a lot, right? I do. Uh, yes, one million is that. That's a big number. That's like the okay. Yeah, that's uh, a big. When he sends out a TikTok, a million people at minimum automatically get it. That is a gigantic yeah, number. Yo, you, you, you just wonder with some of these bots and buying Jackson Mahomes, like who's following? No, uh, whatever. I don't want to waste time I, on I, that. No, no. Anyway, so Rich Ornberger, who uh, hosts a weekday show on our affiliate XTRA 1360 in San Diego, Hartman and Rich O. And then 
uh, weekday mornings here on National Fox Sports Radio, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. So he started with the Pat Mahomes thing, which uh, he then, after getting some uh, some pushback, kind of backed down on, right? But then he said that basically Brady, Tom Brady, who is recently retired, one of the reasons that he retired was that he he was done with Bruce Arians and that Arians meddling with he and Byron Leftwich's game plan irritated him. Basically, the honeymoon was over between the two. Uh, when he got pushed back on that, he said his sources are impregnable. Now, Mike Florio, who uh, does a website, uh, profootballtalk.com, in his crack research team, saw that A.Q. Shipley, who's a former teammate, both in the pros uh, with with the Patriots and in college with him at Penn State, must be his source. But he's not backing down from the Brady and Arians had a rift. And that ultimately is what one of the things that led to him retiring. What do you think? So, listen, we know they had a rift two seasons ago, the year they won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, very famous. They were 7-5 and five heading into the bye week. There was some sort of tug of war won by Tom Brady over the bye week. They did not lose a game the rest of the way. They won the Super Bowl. When you're winning, it covers up all the behind the scenes ugliness, right? Tom Brady wanted to do it his way, the way he had done it forever in New England. Bruce Arians, you know, like chuck it and duck it down the field. That was his game throughout his career, basically. And what happens in year two? Well, um, Antonio Brown melts down and Godwin gets hurt. Uh, the offensive line is banged up. Things don't go as smoothly in the playoffs. They lose, and Brady says, you know what? This isn't really working out. I, I mean, I, I know Rich well. I've done his show plenty of times. I, I'm not going to speak to his sources or this Shipley character, but this would, none of this would really surprise me. And, Doug, I just want to point out, um, in in life, you know, some of the biggest benefits come through compound interest. You know, working out Obviously, if you work out and continue to work out, you stay in shape. It's a lot easier than if you say, I don't know, take two months off working out. Then you get a little flabby. Tough to get back in shape. Compound interest of working out. We know investing and relationships are massive. I mean, Tom Brady worked with Belichick for two decades. The interest built, the trust between those two guys was enormous over two decades. It's not a shock that after two years, Brady's like, eh, kind of done here. By the way, quick side note. If you look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, they are, I don't want to say free fall, but Doug, Godwin, probably not going to start the season, probably not back until November off the surgery. Antonio Brown, obviously gone. Leonard Fournette, free agent. Tom Brady, gone. That's like over 75% of their offense out the window. And we know the defense was leaky late in the, uh, in the season and in the postseason. I'm going to go ahead and say Tampa Bay Unless they make magic and get Jimmy Garoppolo or something who doesn't really fit with what Arians wants to do, throwing it down the field, it's like a seven-win team next year. Um, yeah, I have no idea what they're going to look like next year. I, th- I think what, what people want to believe, and maybe they're right, because I don't know Tom Brady, um, is that this caused him to retire, but he'll quickly unretire at some point in time late in the season and you know, you got people, well, he'll go to the San Francisco 49ers at mid-year and he'll uh, and, and he'll he'll play for the 49ers and he'll try and win another Super Bowl and then he'll ride off into the sunset, right? Um, I, it, it, it's fascinating. I, I think that's what's behind this story is the opening the door to would Brady still come back and play? 
And I think the answer is no, he ain't playing Ooh, anymore. Spicy. No, Definitely not. not. Sp- How about I, the, the the fun one was San Francisco if Shanahan determines that Trey Lance is not ready, not good they enough, ship yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo out of town. Tom Brady comes home, right? He's from the Bay Area, and or, or the in Bay Area adjacent, whatever. And Tom Brady uh, plays QB for the second half of the season or the full season for San Francisco. Any any interest there? I don't think so. I I, I don't think that's the whole reason he retired was Mama ain't happy. Right? That that's really what it. That that he made it he made a deal and she's reached her breaking point, you know that that's really what it feels like. He, of course, he still wants to play. There's a lot that goes into it, but it's also like he wants to spend time with his family. Do this is not Brett Favre. Hey, I want to just be on my tractor. Then you're on your tractor for a week. You're like, okay, I got to go do yeah. something else. Right? This is a guy who is married to a supermodel who is also you know, the most successful financially, and they made a deal, hey, at some point you get to go back to doing your thing and I get to hang with the kids. I I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that he'll dig retirement. He'll dig the freedom of being able to drink a beer. He'll dig the fact that he can go anywhere that he wants and do anything that he wants and explore. You know, I, I, I think that Football is such an all-encompassing job, and the thing that he did as well as anyone's ever done it was lock in, and his life was football. You know, these are guys, they're up early in the morning. They're the first one in the building. There's there's a story, who did I have on, who did I have on, um, oh, what's his name? Um, what's the quarterback of the Washington Commanders, Jason Ryan Stewart? Patrick? We had ta- we had Taylor Heineke on. Oh, the Heineke, yeah. We had Taylor Heineke on the Super Bowl, and he he told me a story that he was he was with the Patriots for three weeks, and he he came in with the I'm going to be the first one in the building, you know I just signed with the Patriots I'm going to make a good impression right he gets in there like five thirty in the morning, and he goes into the quarterback room, and who's sitting there but Tom Brady he's already got a cup of coffee and he's already watching film, right like this is Thomas Edward Patrick. Brady the second and it's 5 30 in the morning on a random weekday in October and he's already in the building already watching film like that's it's a real thing and I think you know though you miss the energy of Sundays when there's 80,000 people cheering for you and 52 other guys with all eyes actually 45 other guys with all eyes on you right 45 other guys and you're leading them into battle like that energy is really hard to replace I, I just I I I kind of felt like it's time, even if his body could do it. I think that mentally and physically being retired, I think he's done. I, do I think the rift and the fact that Arians doesn't run a tight ship and the fact that Arians can you know can be a can be more abrasive, um, even with stars than people lead you to believe? Yeah, sure. That's that's a. That that's got to be that helped push him along the decision, but I don't think that's why he shut it down. I th- think he shut it down because he won a Super Bowl. They tried to run it back, and they, it shows just how hard it is, especially when you're not in New England. Because look, look, this is a big thing. When you win a Super Bowl, everything changes. You get into the restaurants easier. You're viewed differently. And though Brady could handle it, not everybody can, and Arians clearly could not. And that organization clearly could not. And I agree with you. They do appear to be a bit of a smoldering dumpster fire. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, Doug. You know, this is the obviously end of an era, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady era officially finished, if Brady doesn't return. 
And I know that everybody says, they got, oh, the NFL's going to be in great shape. They've got Joe Burrow. They've got uh, uh, Justin Herbert. they got Patrick. They're going to be fine. And that is true, obviously. There's a lot of great quarterbacks. But, Doug, there is something about Brady's story. You know, underdog, no sixth-round pick. It's no just question. like that's the, that kind of thing is once in a generation. Like, I know Joe Burrow was nobody's five years ago. I mean, it was like a high school star in Ohio. But the Tom Brady story really is one where – yeah, that's just not matchable in sports, and and I would well, like I, listen. I'm a Jets I mean, fan. Kurt, Kurt Warner story's better. He wasn't did, as good as Tom. Tom Brady, Brady won how many Super Bowls, bro? I know the Kurt no, Warner no, story's I, great, I, but it's, it's like a, a in terms of in terms of rags to riches, you can't nothing. I, I don't know if anything will compare to Kurt Warner. You're right, though. We're not. This is let me let me let me agree with you on this point. And this is like the the anti Rob Parker point, right? Which is which is like, dude, no one's gonna go to 10 Super Bowls and win seven of them ever again. Pat Mahomes might be the best quarterback I have I have ever seen, right, in terms of skill set and then being placed in an offense where you got a couple of incredible players. And he's been to four straight AFC Championship games and two Super Bowls. But the likelihood of them getting to 10 Super Bowls yeah, it's not is happen. right. It's just the, it's and so The NFL is structured so that there's yes. not one team does not dominate. What did Brady do? Two decades of it in New England. And they right. go stamp and, and wins. Like, and it's unbelievable. Here's, here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. We might not have actually seen the the a, a good portion of peak Tom Brady because, remember, they go 16-0, 18-0, and lose in the Super Bowl. He misses the next year with a knee injury. And then the following year, you know, he's on the Suspended. mend on, on, the, on the way back, right? Oh, so, yeah. so, so those are two big years where he had 50 touchdown passes and he had Randy it was he had Randy Moss on the team that team was loaded uh, so we were kind of robbed of a good portion of prime Brady and we still had 20 years of What about you know numbers. everybody talks about the greatest what ifs in sports Bo Jackson obviously what if Drew Bledsoe does not get knocked out by my Jets linebacker Mo Lewis and Tom Brady comes in and then is all of a sudden a star. Like, is does Drew Bledsoe, remember, he was like the number one pick. Didn't he sign like a $100 million deal? And and, and he was like going to be the franchise quarterback. Like, Tom Brady happened because Drew Bledsoe got knocked out of a game. Like, that's yeah. crazy, Doug. Mo, Just, Mo, Mo Lewis. Mo yeah. Lewis knocked him out. Can I'm I a, take, as a Jets I, fan, I'm not going to forget that anytime soon. Can, can I tell you a real story here real quick? Fire away. Okay, so um, when I was in college, okay, I would I would – I would be on the Jim Rome show, and I would be on. Uh, I've been. I was on Dan's show, and I was on uh, Todd Wright all night. Was a ESPN radio show. Okay, it's a real thing. And uh, the producer was a woman. Her name is. Her name is Louise Cornetta. By the way, happy belated birthday to Louise. She's a huge part of how I got into this industry. Okay? And so this is the that game was. Those were the first games after nine eleven. So 9-11 happens, and I was supposed to go overseas and play, and I'd done some fill-in work in Oklahoma City. I, I had done the couple years before, uh, years before, a uh, year before, I had done a couple of games for ESPN regional television, whatever, and they ESPN wanted to fly, they wanted anybody who was working for ESPN Radio kind of a sign of solidarity. We're going to do our shows from Bristol. Well, Todd Wright did his shows from Orlando, from uh, from from Disney, and he refused to come do the shows. So I got to go, my first national radio solo host show I ever did was the night after the night of Mo Lewis knocking Drew Bledsoe out. Wow. And I watched the moment happen at Sliders, 
which is a sports bar in Plainville, which is the town that abuts Bristol, and they have great wings there. Everybody likes Jay Tim's. I'm a sliders guy. Anyway, okay, this is a real. This is a real thing, and I'm the idiot. And I hope that tape is destroyed somewhere. That said, oh, Drew Bledsoe's out for a long time. They're going to throw in some Tom Brady who couldn't even win the job the full time at Michigan. Patriots are done this year. No. That's what I. That, that's actually Plus, what I said. And that's why that's you've had a two-decade career in that's, sports media. That, uh. that, 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 <laughs> people make fun of. People want to make fun of my Steph Curry of eval. You know, coming out of college, the Brady one was way worse, yeah. way worse, and it was my first show ever. Should have been my last. It's funny show you mentioned ever. Steph Curry. Um, I'll never live this down. You know, I started my college career at Virginia Tech. Not career, but my college life. I didn't have a career in college like you did. Um, But Virginia Tech had a guy named Seth Greenberg as coach. And Steph Curry was a budding high school talent, skinny, you know, maybe 135 soaking wet. And he said, yeah, you can be a walk-on. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, my mom played volleyball here. My dad played basketball here. And he would not offer Steph Curry a scholarship. Wouldn't offer him. And you know the rest is history, of course. Um, yeah, so no, there goes to Davidson, Elite Eight, NBA, one of the seminal talents uh, in the last 50 years in the NBA. Uh, I no, mean, look, when you talk about importance, Doug, and, and what they've meant to the game, again, you go to any game where the Warriors are playing, any city, even outside of the Bay Area, and you got 100, 200 easy Steph Curry jerseys in the lower bowl. All the kids love him. They do. Any, anybody feels like they can be Steph Curry, six foot three. Just a below-the-rim guy in an above-the-rim league. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting excited about Curry again. Sorry. 